a returning farm show, and a COVID-related extension from USDA's Risk Management Agency. We've been off a few weeks and we walk right back into some big news. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vocher, host and editorial director for Farm Progress. We took a break as the new year began, but we're back and the opening topic is the return of the New York Farm Show. Chris Torres with American Agriculturist offers a preview of this indoor show that graces the New York State Fairgrounds in just a few weeks. Then we turn our attention to USDA's Risk Management Agency, which recently extended crop insurance flexibilities to June due to COVID-19. Farm Progress Policy Editor Jackie Fatka caught up with Marsha Bunger, Administrator of RMA, to discuss the program in more detail. But first, we're talking about a farm show in New York. Chris Torres, welcome to Around Farm Progress, and welcome back. The podcast is live again. Thanks again. I'm honored to be, I guess, the the first guest of the new season. Yeah, you are. Absolutely. All right. So we're talking about something, you know, we're all excited at Farm Progress because we've returned with live events. Um, We had our shows last fall, but I'm also excited because uh, one of the cool shows that we do is in upstate New York near Syracuse, and that is the New York Farm Show, where you'll be spending some quality time soon. But Why don't you tell me a little bit about some of the highlights that are going on at the show? Well, again, the show will be held February 24th to 26th. And um, some highlights from the show, we have 10 new exhibitors who will be highlighting, who will be showcasing products and services this year. We have around 400 exhibitors this year, which is down a little bit from past years, but not that much. We have more than two dozen new products that people will be able to see. Anything from calf hutches to mixer wagons. Unverfirst News Raptor Strip Tillage Tool will be there. Um, a new line of T-Series Ag Baggers from RCI will be there. Um, and the really neat thing about the, the really neat thing about these products is that, unlike Farm Progress Show and Husker Harvest, where where the products are actually unveiled at the show, and we wait till after the show to actually um, highlight them in our magazines and online, we're actually going to be doing the reverse. So the next couple of weeks, if you go to AmericanAgriculturist.com, you'll see some previews of the new products, um, about 26 of them. We'll be doing one preview every week. We have a preview coming up next Wednesday. And that really, that really, um, it really gets visitors, you know, I, I think ready for the show. You know, they can see some of the new products that they'll be able to to check out and hopefully buy if they'd like. Um, obviously we have our educational seminars from the New York beef producers and we have our annual toy tractor auction that benefits FFA students. Another thing that we're going to be doing this year, like always, when we are at the show, we actually do some special things at the booth, the American Agriculturist booth. Um, I spend three days up there and we have some fun daily poll questions that, that visitors can actually take part of. And, uh, there will be some special prizes. So, a gift card from Tractor Supply Company is one of those special prizes, along with several gift cards from Cabela's at lower amounts. So excited to see everybody there. Now, the daily poll, we've been doing the daily poll at that show for quite a while. When do you post that or when do you post results from that? Or is that just, you know, you do it daily, but it's gathered up as a final poll? Or how do you execute that? Yeah, so so what we do is we actually have running tallies. We have running tallies of the poll questions. And uh, and I bring a little chalkboard and I do like a running tally of the poll questions and how people have actually answered. And I actually have that on display at the show. 
And then after the, the show is completed, we actually do um, we actually do final tallies and then we put those in. Uh, we put those in the magazine. And we also post those online. And it's just a way of, you know, just it's just a way of, of just, you know, have, of just getting uh, visitors thoughts on various farm issues on things that are going through their mind. And uh, just gives them the way to, you know, to participate and gives them a reason to come to my booth and see my pretty face. So, you know, it's it's just a fun way to just interact with people. And, well, I think uh, it's a it's good a idea. Thing. I mean, I know that it's gotten a lot of good pickup. But you can stop by and see what people are saying. And I would say if you show up at the show on day one, swing by later in the day to see how things are going and make sure you vote when you stop by. That's very important to make yeah. this kind of a program work. And I'm glad you do that. You know, and you know, you what, the, you know about, what the cool thing about that is? Well, I think even the cooler thing about that is that I get as a reporter, as an editor, as a reporter, too. Um, and you know this because you go to many more shows than I do. You get so many great story ideas from people when they actually come up to you that you may not have even ever thought of. I mean, just story ideas that, you know, it's like, wow, boy, you're doing that or you, you're installing this in your farm, you know, and you only get that if people actually come up to you and talk to you. And, uh, and that's actually my favorite part of that. Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. What else should we be thinking about? I mean, this show is um, it's indoors. And we've been dealing with some issues. I guess we should. Uh, the elephant is in the room and it's making noise to me, Chris. And that, of course, is COVID. What's going on with that? And how can I keep track of what the program will be at the end of February? Well, I think the best the best way for people to really communicate and really um, and really keep track of what's going on is to like our New York Farm Show Facebook site. We'll be posting any information, you know, on there that that people would want to know about, uh, whether it comes, you know, to, you know, anything that that will change. I mean, you have to understand this show is taking place at the New York State Fairgrounds. Um, so a lot of things that are um, a lot of things that will be dictated to the show managers are dictated by New York State. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, a lot of those things come up at the last minute. So if there are any last minute changes or anything. The best the best thing for people to do is to go to the New York Farm Show Facebook site. We update that every day and I'll actually be up there doing videos as well. So there's going to be some fun stuff um, I'll be visiting with some of the new exhibitors and talking to them and posting videos as well. So just like the Facebook site for New York Farm Show. That's the best way to that's the best way to get information. That sounds good. If And if I'm not on Facebook, will there be updates right on the uh, American Agriculturist website the day before the show or something like that? A last minute thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll be posting some stuff to the American Agriculturist website and also the American Agriculturist Facebook site as well. Okay, and then also everybody can go to NewYorkFarmShow.com to get some of those latest updates as well, and we'll coordinate all that. Of course, we want to be able to communicate every way that people want to go, so that'll be good. Um, very super important with this kind of thing that's brewing for us right now. Anything else that a guy should think about if he's going to go to this show? Well, if you want to come for free, you got to request your tickets by February 15th and uh, you can get free tickets from the Northeast Equipment Dealers Association. Um, there are partners in this show, so uh, you have to request them by February 15th. Just go to, to NewYorkFarmShow.com and you'll find details on that. Otherwise, the cost is only five dollars. It's six buildings. They're all nice and warm and get kind of <laughs> iffy up there in Syracuse that time of year. But, um, you know, um, it's it's a nice experience, a really nice experience. And I think a nice way for people to sort of get away from things and see some new equipment. You know, Oxbow is actually they they always have some really 
cool stuff up there. They're actually a large manufacturer that's that's based in New York State. They'll have some cool stuff up there for people to see and very popular. So John Deere would bring in a lot of their new equipment and New Holland as well. So it's going to be exciting and exciting to get back up to New York State. Yeah, it's cool. I know Oxbow does a big deal there. They don't do it a lot of shows, which is fantastic. And uh, and there's a lot of good stuff going on with uh, everybody, I think, this year. So it's exciting to see folks like Oxbow and some of those that show up. And when Oxbow and some of the dairy companies really do some unique ex- uh, exhibits at the New York Farm Show that you don't see in other shows, uh, which is kind of cool, too. It's a dairy show. People remember there's still a lot of cows in New York. Well, yeah, Chris, cool. it's always good to talk to you. We'll be watching all the coverage on AmericanAgriculturist.com, and uh, we'll keep everybody posted on this. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks very much, Willie. Thanks to Chris Torres for that information. And if you're heading to the show, be sure to take that daily poll when you get there. It does offer a lot of information, and it's your chance to talk to Chris and share some ideas. And if you've never been to the New York Farm Show, consider a trip to Syracuse. You're going to have a good time. The show runs again from February 24th to the 26th at the New York State Fairground. Now let's turn our attention to crop insurance. It's a hot topic and deadlines are approaching, though some listeners may have more time to sign up or take care of other details. Jackie Fatka, policy editor, talks with Marsha Bunger, who is a farmer herself and administrator of USDA's Risk Management Agency. She shares some thoughts and insights about these crop insurance flexibilities. I want to start off, I know that there is uh, announcement out of RMA about some of the crop insurance flexibilities. Um, maybe just detail, you know, why this was important. Was any of this allowed in, in previous? Um, you know, obviously the last two years have been interesting to say the least. I just talked to my dad farms in Iowa and he was telling me he was just in at the FSA office and he's like, I was back outside in the lobby again. You know, I mean, things are, are different yeah. on how people are able to interact with with folks when it comes to some of these signups. So just kind of detail some of those changes. Um, you know, were these previously allowed in, in other years or is this new and different? Well, it, it, it is it's new because um, these flexibilities that we're talking about today were also available right before we announced this announcement, if that kind of makes sense. Um, the flexibilities provided, though, probably weren't to this large degree available prior to the pandemic. But because of the pandemic, they, RMA introduced flexibilities with how customers, how farmers, how AIPs, how agents can obtain and service their customers. So this is more of a continuation from just right immediate before this announcement. So there's no new flexibilities. It's just extending what we currently were already doing. And and did you find that that was being utilized a lot by, by farmers? Um, I mean, is there a chance that this could kind of become the new norm? Um, I think... I think that's probably a lot that they were already utilizing some of these things like electronic signatures, mm-hmm. even even before it was incorporated into this flexibility document. Um, when I think about not only just producers, but I also am now looking at how AIPs have to 
get their work done, how agents have to get their work done. Um, the bullets kind of address what those flexibilities have looked like. So we are allowing producers that were unable to physically sign a written agreement um, because of COVID to do so after the expiration date. So written agreements aren't typically the common. Um, that's what happens when that crop isn't available to be insured, but a written agreement can be made. Um, so that has allowed producers to get that done because those do take time. There's additional forms, paperwork that the agent has to deal with. And then it also allowed for AIPs to accept from regional offices that provided additional time for AIPs to receive back from regional offices determined yields and irrigated determined yields um, for annual crops as well as perennial crops. The other thing it helps with lenders and people that um, customers deal with when it comes to borrowing money or getting credit that and that's something that's always been available but it always requires a signature and a witness when I'm talking about assignments of indemnity. Mm -hmm. So that waives that signature requirement. Um, we still are having, for the most part, to live with the deadlines set forth. So like sales close um, is March 15th for spring crops. But because of COVID, if there are certain instances where someone is ill, sick, um, we can provide some flexibilities around that deadline. Which which is probably something that gives a lot of uh, a sigh of relief because you never know what's going to happen with COVID. And I, I know how important that March 15th deadline is to a lot of a lot of producers. Yes. Um, yes. You know, kind of driven by that date, too. So, you know, always before, if there was an a, a crop insurance agency, you could go into the office. Well, now um, a lot of offices, well, unlike FSA, have um, staff requirements or there is no face-to-face -face customer interaction. So a lot of things now have to be done by phone. And so allowing the, um, the agent to document that this was completed by phone is part of um, addressing pandemic and how we can service customers. You know, just kind of stepping back, you talked about your experience as a producer. How important is an effective crop insurance program to to your farm? And uh, are there other things that that you may be looking to to bring your expertise on as as your position there at uh, RMA? You know, um, for producers, I think it's vitally important to have crop insurance. Um, through the years before crop insurance evolved into what it is today, farmers had to rely on ad hoc disaster programs. And while we are seeing a lot of disaster ad hoc programs, they typically take time to implement and then for the customer to receive payment. So when a loss occurs under ad hoc, it's not probably until 18 months, 24 months later that you're getting um, the assistance. And of course, that time delay doesn't always help a customer. 
Whereas crop insurance, the turnaround time is so much quicker. It addresses the need for that loss to be paid in the same year or within six months of that calendar year um, so that producers can pay their bills. They can make their um, bank note payments on time. So that has been, that to me is very, very important. So moving forward to only strengthen crop insurance so that we're not only thinking about it in terms of the, the basic crops that we've always heard about, but that we also start to expand that to specialty crops, organic crops, that we're also addressing the needs of the underserved so that we can bring everyone to an equal playing field with regards to the, the availability and the quality of that product. You know, building on that, you mentioned um, there there's probably going to be a debate coming soon on that ad hoc disaster assistance and and how you balance that with crop insurance. Uh, do you is USDA have anything in the works kind of trying to add the data to help those who may not understand the importance of crop insurance continue to understand how important that is for those on the farm and, and when they go into their lender, just that overall strength that the crop insurance program provides farmers all across the country. Yes, and you know, to, to answer that, um, risk management has a program called risk management education and the efforts this year um, are going to be doubled compared to last year. Last year, there was um, a million dollars set aside for educational outreach with regards to marketing, with regards to crop insurance and how crop insurance works and how to use crop insurance in marketing. And that this year has been doubled to $2 million. So we are now right in um, that time frame where we're, we, are, we are accepting um, submissions from institutions, from the industry to start educating on a scale that does include the needs to educate specialty crops, organic producers, and also those underserved. You know, another new program that you rolled out in 2021 was the pandemic cover crop program and, and offering some premium support for cover crops. I know, too, there's some new crop insurance products for those who split apply nitrogen because of the climate benefits. Uh, mm -hmm. as, as you look forward, are there more opportunities to to pair crop insurance and the role of crop insurance with some of those climate smart ag practices and trying to achieve the climate goals set out by this administration? Yes, and you know, very much so. RMA has been looking at all of the possibilities to, to um, carry forward this administration's vision with regards to climate control or climate mitigation. Um, and we see that with PACE, we saw that with the cover crop, credit premium from last year, you know, that again is being considered. That was not, that was a one-time thing last year, but now because of the success that we have seen from it, that is also being considered today um, as far as being able to possibly implement that again 
And with regards to PACE, that is a pilot in 11 states, and then within those 11 states, those selected counties. And so it's something that I think is of very much of interest to, to not only the Department of Agriculture and the administration, but to the public as well, to see how successful that is and how it's received. Farmers are already, many farmers are already very much conservation minded. So moving forward, I think it's important that we recognize those types of practices that are already implemented and, and that we have data to draw from make sure that they are actually sound and they are um, doing the things that we need to do in mitigating climate change. So with that, yes, you know, we're always working and looking at those different possibilities, whether it be the split nitrogen, the credit, um, the credit of premium, but with regards to water quality, improved soil health, air, um, I guess the list can go on and on, but it, it, it takes it takes farmers and it takes ranchers and it takes stakeholders to also be engaged so that we can work together to find a balance with what is economically feasible for the customer, but also respecting taxpayer dollars. Very good. Well, Marcia, it was great to to talk with you. Um, excited to to maybe do this again, and as we yes. continue to to learn more about how uh, you know crop insurance can can partner with those on the ground and the things that they're doing. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, and I look forward to continuing to talk with you. Very good. Thank you, Marcia. Yes. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Thanks to Jackie Facka for doing the legwork to catch up with Ms. Bunger. That was quite informative, and thanks also to Chris Torres, American Agriculturist, for that update on the upcoming New York Farm Show. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as farm futures, beef, national hog farmer, and feedstuffs, and our events, including Farm Progress Show, Husker Harvest Days, and of course, the New York Farm Show. And there's another opportunity for staying connected to Farm Progress using your smartphone. If you text FARM to 20505, you'll be signing up for the Farm Progress mobile text service. When you send that first message, you'll get a confirmation, so be sure to respond to that too to make sure you get on the list. Each day you'll get a timely news item to check out whether it's on the markets or breaking news in the industry. You can eventually even sign up for the Farm Progress panel to share your insights with our regular polls. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.